Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. Welcome to Play It, a new podcast network featuring radio and TV personalities talking business, sports, tech, entertainment, and more. Play it at play.it. Good morning, baseball fans here in Chicago and listening around the globe on 670 The Score and 670thescore.com. Live from the Hyundai Studios, this is Hit and Run, The Score's venerable baseball show. I am Barry Rosner, and my partner in perpetuity is Joe Ostrowski. We'll be with you until noon, taking you up to Cubs baseball right here on 670 The Score. Good morning, Joe Ostrowski. Is it? Um... Not for Cubs fans, not for Sox fans, with what's been going on. Yeah, there's quite a bit to get to, as usual. <laughs> not, not a pick-me-up for both sides. Not necessarily. Yeah. And the weather is not much help either, whether here or in D.C., for that matter. I'll find out. <laughs> Here's what we have planned for It's actually you. valuable, Eli's weather report for once. Yeah, except it won't load, so we won't get real mm. feel. We won't get actual hourly. We won't find out anything because his, the, because the computer in that studio yeah. just won't load it. We asked him on the text thread yesterday, and then he texts us at 4 a.m. Yeah. I mean, I, I, okay. I was up to like 3. The Cubs ended Thanks. at 12.41. I was up to like 3. No response from Eli, who was drunk at a concert. Uh, we appreciate your dedication. False information we as appreci- usual. You didn't text at 4 a.m.? No. Oh, that's when it came through to me. We appreciate your dedication Bum. to the show, Eli. <laughs> Out on Saturday night, getting absolutely hammered at a concert. What concert did you go to? Yeah, you just said a concert. Um, I'm not going to disclose that information. <laughs> Come, let's go. You've... Listen, you told me you went and saw Harry Styles. You, you sound even more nasal it, than usual. You were hammered last night. Yeah, Fallout Boy. Fallout Boy, I'll say it. At Wrigley, Wrigley Field, yeah. We that's not horrible. Free tickets not, from work. Why bad. are you ashamed? You don't have to th- throw the free tickets at work. You wanted to go. You went out of your way to get tickets, and that's fine. That's not Harry Styles level. I don't know how. See, he's so hungover, Barry. You can tell he's not even bothering trying to change the voice like he usually does when he pops on air. <laughs> You could go away, Joe. Just go away. <laughs> I'd love to. This is the penultimate episode. So it's happening sooner than you think, it's, Eli. It's coming. Gets what he wants. So on the air, he admits he got free tickets from work, which is nice. Um, yeah, but he's acting like he didn't want to go. Anyways, he asked real feel, ABC guys. He's I trying have to the justify. He's trying to justify why he went by saying, right. "Well, I only went because it was free from work." Such a yeah. liar. Yeah, they real were just feel, they're in the hallway just throwing them at people. Right? Eli, how old are you? Twenty-four. Okay. If you want to go see Fallout Boy, go see Fallout Boy. It does not matter what Joe thinks. You it like- doesn't matter what I thinks. It doesn't matter what Brendan thinks. I mean, he's back there laughing at you, but that's not the point. The point is, it doesn't matter. You like what you like. Who, who I hate can- it when people judge other people's especially, music. Especially around here, yeah. everybody walks on eggshells because they know they're going to get ripped by somebody else for whatever. Who cares what anybody else thinks? Just do what you want to do. It's not like I haven't listed them in, in five, six years. What? What did he just say? I don't know. What's the temperature in D.C. and what's the hourly? I have no idea oh, what he, he said. He tried to say listened to. He said listed. 
are hungover. Oh. Well, he's, he got a hammer. Listen to Temperature in D.C. right now, 61 <laughs> degrees. 61. And yeah. the real feel is 59. 59. Thank you. Okay. And what, what about the precipitation percentages beginning at uh, 1 o'clock D.C. time? Woof. Uh, at so noon, eighty-five degree or eighty-five percent. He is just hanging, man. <laughs> he's gonna get, be hitting, get him the coffee. He's gonna, he, he's gonna be looking for the Mad Dog drops, and he's gonna be hitting stuff from Boers and Bernstein from like right. from like two thousand three. What is going on? Leave me alone. <laughs> Leave me alone. <laughs> Leave me alone. Say that on the air. Yes. Okay. I think so. That was on the air, right? (laughs) Correct. (laughs) Listen. Second last episode. Talk about that for a second. You're in. You're in for six six more hours of this. I don't know. The the schedule says seven, but next week. I mean, come on. Anyways, what are we doing today? We still. I need precipitation. Percentages for noon, one o'clock, two o'clock. All right, in at DC. noon, eighty-five or eighty-five. Oh, Jesus, Jesus, ninety percent at one. What? Ninety-five percent at two. So it's going to rain all day again, just like yesterday. Yes, is is the point, and just like Friday. Is that is that is that the answer? That was the answer I was looking for. Correct. Okay, thank you. How about can you get Philadelphia? Because I don't think I'm not sure the BMW Championship is even going to start today. Can we just they call may- Pete Sack at NBC? I mean, th- I have no information from this. What is he doing? What I don't know what he said about anything. Jim Cantori. See if you can get Jim Cantori. I'm sure there's a hurricane somewhere he's in the middle of. But <laughs> if he's not, I know there's one headed for the Carolinas. He's, right? He drives to the probably- hurricanes. He's probably in Kill Devil Hills right now, waiting know. for waiting for a hurricane. I mean, you just. You always tweet out pictures of people on CNBC during the week, the Weather Channel. It's like, you're so old. There was a guy on CNBC. What morning was that? Was that Thursday morning? I don't know. It looked just like Roger Goodell. I know. <laughs> it's like, get off of my TV, whoever you are. Can't escape it. They're yelling about Bitcoin. <laughs> you're an idiot if you have any of this. Let's have a party. That's what people said about Amazon in 18 years ago. <laughs> it's only worth $2,000. I, I, is the Weather Channel... What are we doing? I don't know. What are is we it, doing? It doesn't matter. There's two shows left, and that's it. Yeah, so it doesn't fo- matter. It's a football. Sunday. Yeah, it's, it's going to be all football. Baseball doesn't matter because there's no baseball in late September or October. So it doesn't matter. No. Um, is the Weather Channel still in business? Are they still on? I I never watch it. I have no idea. I assume so. Why would it go away? I don't know. I just haven't uh, haven't run across it in like fifteen years. People that do watch the news, uh, an older portion of people, they watch it for the weather. Nobody watches local news. Old people do. Nobody. Uh, nobody. Ca- I mean, you want the weather? You can get it in eight seconds. As long as you're not on Eli's computer, you can get the weather in eight seconds on your phone. Grandparents text. It's amazing. What's your take on that? Here's what we got it. Here's what he just got there. How long you've been searching for that? That was like eight minutes ago. Mitch just tweeted, hey, Eli, my office now. (laughs) 
yeah, but Mitch got him the tickets. Right? <laughs> Maybe he stole them. How'd you score the... Oh, can we get I, to Cole Hamels? Can we just... Can we get to some Cubs? What? Leave me alone. He's like, can, he was trying to say, can we get to Cole Hamels? He's just... I don't know what he was... How? He doesn't want to tell us how he scored the tickets. Talk about that for a sec. Go ahead. He said he got them for free on the air. All right. Uh, here's what we have planned for you today. As always, <laughs> lots of Cubs and White Sox conversations. People like... Listen, people like Eli. He's a big part of the show. Except... They don't really like him, uh, but he is. But that's that's. <laughs> oh my god! Everybody's drunk. They really don't. He gets see. Ha- this is what happened when the game goes to one a.m. or whatever it was. Yeah, I didn't sleep a bunch. Not yeah. that I have. I I feel bad for the beat guys. I know. Uh, I'm I'm sure you don't care, but that's a pretty long day. They got there probably ten a.m., eleven a.m., and they walked out of there probably three o'clock after waiting waiting it out the night before. Yeah. Yeah. After a long night the night before, you got a lot to clean up in the morning when you get there because you got who wanted to play, who didn't want to play. There's all the back and forth between the Cubs and the Nationals and the umpires and MLB. And and then so, on top of that, and you, then it's then it's two games and it's rain delays and it's the Cubs blowing this lead and it's that's pretty long. That's that's what that's about fourteen fifteen hour day probably. And so now you're at the tail end of this long series. You don't get a day off. They're still in that 23 games and mm-hmm. 23-day stretch. And, and then you're going to work hard today. And then tomorrow, there's going to be 80 stories about the Bears game. Yeah. You're, you, not only that, but you're going to miss your flight today because there's going to be rain delays. It'll right, probably go right. extras. It's getaway day. Oh I mean, it's wor- whatever the worst-case scenario is, that's oh. what it is, which means then you end up staying at, uh, at uh, you know, an airport hotel you get up early. You get on the first flight out, assuming those aren't canceled because of weather. You get in, and it, the you know the first thing they'll ask you is, "Oh, can you can you write us an early story? Can you write us something early today? Because uh, you know there's Bears press conferences this afternoon. You know, we, <laughs> can you give us something before that for wow. people to read? Yeah. And you're right. There'll be a, they'll they'll get home and they'll look in the paper and there'll be it'll be wall to wall Bears. Yeah. Because you just you know there's just there. Can't get enough of that off a night game, you know, where you don't even have time to go downstairs and get a quote. That's the Bears. That's the Bears. Anyway, here's what we have planned for you today. Lots of Cubs and White Sox conversation in the first hour. We always do that, and uh, we'll have that throughout the show. We hope you will join in. At 10 o'clock, Maury Brown from Forbes will be here to talk the business of baseball broadcasting and we'll get the lowdown from him on the new Cubs network, what that means for the Chicago Cubs in terms of revenue, in terms of programming, in terms of uh, the future of teams and their own networks. At 11 o'clock, it's our weekly visit with Score's very own Bruce Levine. At 11.25, we'll spend a few minutes with former Cubs broadcaster Bob Brenly. He's the color voice of the Diamondbacks. Uh, we'll try to get a handle on the very wacky NL West. and. Uh, Cubs have the Diamondbacks next week, I believe, for three. They do. So uh, who knows? The division race is so close, I was actually looking at both teams' schedules. You have to at this point. Yeah. Uh, Who knows? That could be a a playoff preview. Right. It's very weird that the Cubs will get – the Cubs have a series with the White Sox and a series with the Diamondbacks. I mean, it would just – this is probably a conversation for another time, but in terms of the schedule and the way it's done in MLB these days, 
you really should have a whole lot of your own division. Well, they kind they kind of do right around it. The, the two series before Arizona, you have Milwaukee and Cincinnati, and then the final two series of the year after the White Sox, you have Pittsburgh and St. Louis. You could fill for my money. You could fill up the whole month. The last with, with divisional with divisional isn't play. bad. That's you know, but listen, uh, I'm not going to argue with Rob Manfred. The man's a genius. Uh, we will also uh, talk to Bob Renley about uh, that crazy finish last night between the Braves and Diamondbacks, and uh, it and uh, really, I would hope to get some clarification from him on uh, on just really who is. Who's the best team out there? We still don't. We're sitting here in September. We don't know. Crazy. Our producer, director, engineer, and intern is Eli Hershkovich. He's drunk, but he is here, so give him credit for that. At least he showed up. There have been other drunk producers in the past who didn't even show. So good for you, Eli. Thoughts on him for a sec. Go ahead. You don't want him. I am at Barry Rosner on Twitter. Last Joe, show, next week. Joe is at Joe670. <laughs> the hit and run account is hit and run 670. You can follow that for show updates. You should do that, although there's only one more after today. The phone number, as you know, is 312-644-6767. You can also join in at 6711 via the text zone on the score. If you text us, you'll get a text back acknowledging your text. Standard message and data rates may apply. Before we get into the Cubs and the White Sox, Joe, I should remind you that 670 The Scores Bears pregame show with Hub Arkish and Pat Manley kicks off after the Cubs game today and goes until 7.20 p.m. Who knows when that's going to be? Like we were talking about with the rain? They were hoping four, but I don't think they're going to have a three-hour show. So who knows? Who knows? They might be on early. Uh, Patrick... uh, Patrick's going to have to get off the golf course early today. No, he's drunk from the Duke Northwestern game. That's possible. Yeah. That's very possible. He tweeted out yesterday. <laughs> he was at the game, and he tweeted out that he, he heard someone in a section say that we've been killing them. We're dominating this game. The only thing is we haven't gotten past the 40. <laughs> That's Northwestern all. fan. Except for that. Except for that. Aside from that, we're playing great. Yeah. Seven points. Heisman candidate Clayton Thorson is what I was told. Okay. This hour is brought to you by Gurney Hyundai. When searching for a new Hyundai, search for gurneyhyundai.com. Yeah, Patrick will uh, have to – he might have to finish early because who knows what's going to happen with this Cub game today. But they they need to get this game in. They need to finish this game. They need to stay there – for as long as it takes to finish this game, which is why they did what they did Friday night, which is why they did what they did last night. For those who didn't stay up, going to the bottom of the eighth, there was a one-hour, 29-minute rain delay. The game restarted at about 12.30 Chicago time and finished with a Ben Zobrist grounding into a double play. The, The interesting thing to me about what happened yesterday was the way that Joe Madden mailed in the first game. Mm-hmm. Now, there's there's some there's some absolutely reasonable logic for why he did what he did. Sitting Baez and Bryant, starting Jaime Garcia, which I'm sure was not a Joe Madden decision alone. I'm sure management was a big part of that. 
and basically saying we got no chance against Max Scherzer, so we're just going to mail in this game. Here's the problem with that. See, I've been around managers who have mailed in the second game of a doubleheader or the fifth game of of a series that was supposed to be three that ended up being five because of a doubleheader on Sunday or something like that. Something crazy where a manager says, you know what, this is a giveaway game. My best guys need rest. Uh, I got no chance in this game anyway. I'm giving it away. The problem with giving away the first game like that and not even trying to compete is you put your guys in an emotional position where they are they have now been at the ballpark for, what, six or seven hours with no edge whatsoever. Like you, The message to them was we're not trying in the first game. And now you got to come out in the second game with no crowd, in bad weather, it's cold, it's rainy, and begin to compete again. And while that may sound ridiculous because there's no metric for it, these are human beings who rely on a certain amount of adrenaline and a certain amount of energy and a certain amount of, uh, of, of need to go out there and to play hard. So I just think, I, I think, while I understand what he was thinking, I think it was the wrong thing to do because once you give away the first one, well, now, now there is some, there's a little bit of pressure to win that second one. Oh, yeah. One. There was a lot of pressure. Okay, so, so here's the thing. In, in this stretch of 23 games in 23 days, you're just trying to get through the season. And now you have the call-ups up, so he, he's got players he can go to. He's already done it in this stretch. That's the thing. So how many times are you allowed to do it? And I, I thought, like you, there was a lot of pressure. Okay, so we're, we're going to lose a Scherzer-Jaime Garcia game. It's baseball. Every day, we see every day go down that scoreboard. They weren't supposed to beat them. Yeah, if it was it, easy, yeah. if it was easy, everyone would be betting those run lines well, we minus two sixty every day and yep. just cleaning up. But they're not. There are no gimmies, right? Absolutely. And, and Max Scherzer, as great as he is, and I believe he's, I, I believe he's top two or three in the game for sure. And I, I would pay to watch him pitch, and I love watching him pitch. But he doesn't win every time he touches the baseball. Not only that. So Davey Martinez let him go the distance, even though he was giving up some hits at the very end. But that gave Washington a major advantage going into the second game because then he was able to use, what he used? He used seven pitchers last night. Why? Because Scherzer went the distance in the first one. Now, you knew Scherzer's going to go deep. He's on that short list of pitchers that can do that. But I don't know if Madden considered that, that they'll be able to use a full arsenal, especially coming off what ended up being an off day on Friday. And and you lost the Hamels Jeffrey Rodriguez game, so and now with a with a four nothing lead, yeah, uh, yeah. Caratini hits the grand slam, and that was with I believe that was with two outs, and that was pretty much your offense all of last night. And Hamels, we're we're expecting him to go through some struggles. You can't you can't plan on oh he's just going to give up one or zero runs every start every time out. He had really? five walks last night. He's not. Yeah, he's not. He's not. Oh. I don't think so. I thought it was easy. Thought that was just. They're easy. still a really good team. I know this oh, year has been it. a mess, but they're still a really good team yeah, in Washington. No, I, I, you know, they, they, <laughs> there's plenty of guys there who can kill you. Yeah, plenty of guys. We saw them in that there's, second game. There's 
plenty of guys, whether in their rotation or on the field or defensively or on the bases or at the plate and some guys in the bullpen, there's plenty who can kill you. Juan Soto, by the way, uh, I'm trying to remember where I saw this. I don't know if it was uh, this week or a couple days ago. The highest single OPS by a teenager in MLB history with a minimum of 400 plate appearances is 929, and that's Juan Soto. Mm. The highest OPS by a teenager in MLB history. They, you How know, long it, is that list? Guys with 400 plate appearances and at as least a teenager. A, and at least, yeah, good point. The... Um, yeah, the thing about the Nats is Rizzo's always gonna he's always gonna draft well. He's always gonna sign well. He's always gonna have more guys coming. And they got more guys coming. I mean Soto wasn't even their best prospect. That that's Victor Robles was. I, and I know it's gonna dominate the conversation in the offseason and people will be obsessed about it in the winter, but I think they're going to lose him. But if they lose Bryce Harper, they're not going away. They're going to be just fine. In fact, I'm curious what they do in the offseason, but they might be my pick, Harper or no Harper, next year in the NLE. Beaten favorite, beaten favorite to come back. Oh, yeah. I get it. I totally get that. Look, I'm a Bryce Harper fan. I mean, how can you not be? It's probably a a stupid thing to say. And if you had unlimited resources, you would absolutely bring them back, and you would continue to go about your business of of developing players the way they do and and bringing in, I, I, I believe they've, They've got to do something to to bolster their starting pitching because you just can't count on Strasburg. I think mm-hmm. that's a big problem. If you add unlimited resources, that's what you would do. But they don't. Their ownership doesn't spend like that. They never have. They never will. Therefore, I believe he probably will leave. I think they'll make a huge offer. And I and I look, Mike Rizzo. He's the one. He's the one who drafted Bryce Harper. He's the one who signed him. Yeah. That's like one of his, you know, he's, you can go back to his Arizona days. This is like one of his kids, okay? And he's he gets pretty close to his guys who he feels responsible go for. Go back to how he defended him. Yeah. Remember, I remember we yeah. had him in the booth. Who knows who my co-host was at the time because I've had 12. Wasn't me. It was not you. Might have been, been Spiegel. Might be that far back. We, when we uh, were the Sox flagship, and we had the booth on the south side for hit and run on Sunday mornings, and uh, the Nats were in town. We had Rizzo in the booth, and that was really the entire conversation. Was how he defended Bryce Harper that morning. It was almost the entire time he was in there. So, what, does he want him back for sure? Is he going to make a huge offer for sure? Is he going to try genuinely? To get him back? Absolutely. Is it going to happen? Mm. Kind of seems unlikely. Fasc- kind, fascinated how that's going to pan out kind, after last well, offseason. Here's what I believe. Here's what I believe. And we digress again. But this yeah. is what we do on Hit and Run. Because we, we talk about baseball and who knows what direction we go. But I believe that Harper will get out on the market. And I believe that Scott Boris will do a really good job of getting him some huge offers. But I believe he will bring that offer then back to Washington and give Mike Rizzo a chance to either match or to better. I believe that will happen. I don't 
I guess in my heart, I don't believe that his ownership is going to give him enough money to get it done. Just crazy. Which crazy. I have no idea what that number is. No, I think what I thought it was was $400 million for 10 years. That's what I thought it was. I don't know if that's accurate. But last year? Yeah. After last year? I don't know. Yeah. Uh, There's... There's a lot of things changing. Really interesting, uh, really interesting goings on in the game when you talk to people who work in front offices and their desire to get younger and to get cheaper and to get uh, more contact oriented. Mm. And start, I mean, these these conversations are taking place now, which means they've probably been taking place in the really smarter front offices for a year or two already, because you know how everybody catches up later. They, they're starting to talk about more contact and less launch angle and uh, more activity, not because they're concerned about what people are watching, but they want, they they would like more opportunity. Like Madden has talked about all year, more opportunities to score runs and not be so reliant on the home run. So how does that affect Bryce Harper's next. That's 10 just years. one. Just just one part of it. That's something I actually want to talk to Bob Brenly about because he covers a team that spent a lot of money on one guy that pitches once a week, and he's seen how it affects other teams. And then they had no shot at JD Martinez, of course. And imagine, was that part of it? Can you yeah. Imagine them with JD Martinez right now. Or or is it better just to go all younger and cheaper, controllable guys, which some teams are doing? There's a lot of different ways uh, to how much go did, after it. How much? Did, how much? Did this Cubs roster cost when they won the World Series on the field? Forget about the John Lester money. Yeah. You know, aside from the signing of Jason Hayward, how much money was spent on the field? We're we're two years later. Look right now. Look at what they're paying a lot of guys. The number of players that are making less than a million bucks. Eli's waving his arms like a madman. Is that because uh, you want to join the conversation? Are we late? Is there something you know you, what it is? I just want him on the mic because people like him; they're fond of him. <laughs> but he told us to leave him alone. Eli, can you speak now? Have you? Do you drink coffee? Because you really need some coffee. I was fine, it's and I am fine eyes. right now. That's that's all I got to say about that. You're only saying that because because <laughs> Mitch Mitch was listening to the first segment of the show. That's the only reason. That you said that. Mitch is considering making this the last episode. I texted there's you guys no, no at question. 10 p.m. That's at night, rolling through his and mind. I was totally fine, and I'm fine right now. Oh, so did Mitch really tweet that earlier? Easily. Eli, my office yes. now? Did he? Yes. So he was listening earlier. He's not listening anymore. He doesn't. He doesn't. He's not going to listen to this whole show. So, Eli, <laughs> tell the truth. Tell the truth. How drunk were you last night? I was fine. I, it's okay to go out and get drunk as long as you didn't drive. It's fine. Don't worry about it. I think no, he's, I think he's no sobering question. up. He's starting no, to do I was, fake I was fine again. for the beginning of this show. How about we had a break? Let's, let's get to that break. Were you fine for oh, the show yeah. that was on before us? Yes. There was, there's because, never... it, because you couldn't even speak when this show started. Barry, you make me laugh. And it's hard to stop laughing. What is a, he talking about? I I think he was I think he was trying to I'm not sure what he was trying to do right there. Uh you want obviously you want us to break though, right? Look, I'm not the one who abuses you every week. That's Joe. Okay? I'm on your side, Eli. I think you know oh. I, I'm on your side. Oh, really? <laughs> He's ducking his head behind the computer laughing. Really? I'm always like I'm the good guy, right? I'm the good guy and he out of here. He's a bad guy, right? 
All right. We let's uh when we come back get to this uh I we we need, really need to talk about this Cubs series in Washington and the upcoming Brewers series. The Michael Kopech news. And Michael Kopech, yeah. The uh Rodan outing, the Giolito outing. It's a weird it's a weird vibe. We jinxed um, Giolito. We jinxed him. Eli did. Eli did. Eli was desperate to get him on the show. He said he's the one of the one of the best pitchers in all of baseball. We have to get him on the show. And it, if if we do, it'll be good for his career and look what's happened. Look what's happened. It's a weird vibe though. It's uh, you know, from where they were five days ago to where they are now. It's um it's unfortunate to say the least. All right. That's uh you want now you want now you want legal? You want legal? Yes? Joey wants legal. The bottom of the hour on Hit and Run. Sometimes is- we produce mm-hmm. right here on the air because uh, it's uh, this is like smooth as silk. That's see, I also, is. I don't see him, and I'm the one doing the read, so this is how we have to do it. Well, I, my back is to Eli. Right, and the way he communicates to me is it's like he's directing air traffic from the tarmac. And I don't know what all the signals are. Okay, right. some are, some are st- some are some are park, some are stop, some are backup, some are your engines on fire. And I just I don't know all of them. And sometimes he just waves his arms like a madman because that's he's normal dr- because he's, he's drunk. Yeah, and so how do I know what it is? He's crazy, but he's always waving his arms. So that's the thing. Like, is he signaling something? Well, is he, he reacting to what we're saying? There's one signal I know that he uses. Yeah, the middle finger. Yeah, that's the one I understand for sure. And that's usually directed at you because you're the you know you're because always... you know his girlfriend does that at home all the time to him. Like, are you ever going to shut up? Just like, and he's going 100 miles an hour. Anyways, the bottom of the hour. And he's loud. Oh, so and loud. And he's loud. He's like what was screaming. that? He started. It is time. He made a mistake. For he started a break, to hit the commercial. Okay. Uh, the bottom of the hour is brought to you by Northwestern football coach Fitz and the Cats return to Ryan Field this Saturday <laughs> when they host Akron at 6:30. Season and single game tickets on sale at nusports.com. Well, that was an award-winning half hour of hit and run, to be sure. But uh, there's two and a half hours left. There's time for us to redeem ourselves, Joe. I don't think it's likely, but uh, one has the right to hope. See that shot? When we, that, was, that was, well, it was impressive. From four feet away, you made a basket <laughs> with a piece of paper. Feet. Uh, when we come back on Hit and Run. <laughs> when we get... Four feet is this much. It's not four feet. Oh, uh, you should be very proud. You should be very proud. <laughs> When we come back, don't throw that. That's a big, that's a Dunkin' Donuts coffee mug. That's the official coffee of the Mully and Hanley show. You do not want to break that. Oh, Mully and Haw show, sorry. Well, for years, it was a long time. Uh, You don't want to break that mug. You don't want to break that mug. When we come back, we will get to, uh, (laughs) we'll get back to the Cubs. And Michael Kopech and the White Sox here on Hit and Run on the Score. Give me some thoughts on that for a sec. Welcome to Play It, a new podcast network featuring radio and TV personalities talking business, sports, tech, entertainment, and more. Play it at play.it. Well, I was dropping off the calzone money for the oh. week. Um, shouldn't you be at work by now? Work? It's raining. So? <laughs> I called in sick. Now I don't work in the rain. You don't work in the rain. You're a mailman. Neither rain, nor sleep, nor... St- it's the first one! 
I was never that big on creeds. You're supposed to deliver my calzones. We had a deal. I believe the deal was that I get your calzones on my route. Well, today I won't be going on my route, will I? Perhaps tomorrow. But I'm paying you. Yes, thank you. <laughs> Welcome back in on Hit and Run on the Score. Joe Ostrowski, Barry Rosner with you until noon. Lots of Cubs stuff to get to from Friday. From last night for sure. Today, this week with the Brewers. Last week with the Brewers. Lots to talk about with the Cubs. Try to uh, allay some of your fears. Get you off the ledge, perhaps. If you are uh, looking for a perch, hang on. Sit back down, get a cup of coffee, maybe have a donut. Not have another donut. Maybe just just have a donut. And uh, it, we, Thank we, you, we, you, you fat pig. Have another donut. Have another donut. We'll get to Joe West. He had a great moment Friday night. We'll get to him. And this menu specifically made for Joe West. (laughs) We'll get to that. Why are you, what's with the noises you're making now? Usually it's Eli making those noises. What? Me? Yes, you. (laughs) You're not even listening to me. No. I don't blame you. I really don't. Rambling about nothing. So we'll we'll get to, uh, we'll get, we'll get back to the Cubs in just a moment. This Michael Kopech news. While devastating, it, it, it's you just can't be shocked, Joe. I was watching Wednesday mm. night. People say, oh, "I don't watch the Sox. There's nothing to watch." Or I don't want. I don't watch the games. I can just, you know, I can just go to a website and get the information. You know, I don't have to watch it. Some broadcasters do that. Well, I was watching Wednesday, and you're right. I think I know to whom you're referring. But I was watching Wednesday. I was watching Michael Kopech warm up on the mound. Before the game. And he looked just dreadful. And I've seen it before. I've seen guys in the bullpen. And you hear guys say, oh, I had a terrible bullpen. Or I had a terrible mound before a- the game. After a no-hitter. Yes. A lot of times. Yeah. Yeah. Absolutely. Oh, it was the yeah. worst bullpen I ever had. Yeah. I, I, I struck out 20. I had nothing in the bullpen. I had, I had no idea. No feel for anything. Mm-hmm. Well, that's what he looked like on the mound. And guys, sometimes before a game, which is why you see them in the first inning struggling and then all of a sudden... In the second inning, they get it together, and boom, it's just lights out the rest of the way. Well, his, his mound before the game was dreadful. He was fidgety and uncomfortable, and it just it looked really weird. It really did. And then he goes out in the game, and he's terrible. Just terrible. His velocity's down. He's throwing 92, 93, sometimes 94. I think he got one to 95. Breaking stuff is flat. Location was bad. It was just all bad. Mm-hmm. And he said it was just, he said it was poor mechanics. And he said it was, he actually blamed it on poor preparation. I mean, he really threw himself. Talk about Lawrence accused me of throwing you under the bus in regards to the Eli conversation of earlier, which I did, and uh, which is fine. But, but if it's talk, not accurate, okay, go ahead. But talk about, <laughs> talk about, it's you. Okay. Talk yeah, about, uh, I mean, he, he really, was really hard on himself, yeah. Which is actually very cool. It's nice to see 
someone that age with, you know, so little experience take responsibility and want to be better and want and but actually it turns out none of it was true. Well, the velocity, out, you just had to look at the gun. Well, you know, look, my first reaction was I, and I imagine this was a lot of people. Your first reaction is, gee, I hope he's not hurt. But then he says, you know, no, it was mechanics. It was it was poor preparation. Okay. Look, it, mechanics can cost you four or five miles an hour on your fastball, for sure. I mean, you can, if you normally hit a golf ball 270 yards on a day when your mechanics are off, you can you can hit it 220. That's how much difference it can make. It can be that bad. So I was willing to accept that. Mm-hmm. And then, boom, Friday afternoon, the White Sox tweet out that he's got a, uh, you know, he's got a torn ligament in his elbow. He's facing Tommy John. He's out all of next year. And I'm sorry, but the first thing I thought of was whose idea was it to bring him up? Because if you didn't, then you wouldn't have he's wasted. Not pitching. A, you wouldn't have wasted a whole year of service time. It's not pitching. And seven will still be more than six. Seven is yep. now five. Seven's now five. And the beginning of that fifth year is is going to be, it's not going to be what's going to be by the by year four as you go seven, six, five, four, for those of you not following my math. In the show after Michael Kopech's celebration, we came on here and said, it's cool. Look, look great. It's going to be fun to watch. Yep. Neither of us would have done it. No, uh, I said it. Repeatedly before, yep. so did you. Yep. Said it repeatedly afterward, and I don't believe it was a Rick Hahn decision. I just it just doesn't make any sense. I mean, look at his decision on Eloy Jimenez. I just don't believe it was a. I don't believe it was a baseball decision. I don't. That's so. That, so we're that's saying all, all it I go, can, okay. That's all I can think about. Is well, I I brought that up too after, at the time. I said, are they worried about season tickets going into the off season? Do they want that bump going into next year? Do they want more excitement? See, look at what Michael Kopech did. He's going to be maybe our opening day starter, day two starter at the very worst when the season starts. I mean, shame on me for that being the first thing I thought of. But well, you might you might be, but you might be right, Joe. It might have been, and I I don't know if it was about tickets. I don't know if it was just about see, excitement. I don't know if it was about. Just you know, it, giving the fans something to take into the off season. I don't. I re- honestly, it's either don't. that, and and that all falls under one umbrella. It's either that, or in the organization, they truly believe that they're going to handle position players different than pitchers. Yeah, I just didn't get the impression that that it was that it was going to happen. It just wasn't under the impression that it was going to happen, and. Now, look, from a baseball standpoint, there's a great argument for having a pitcher here and handling a pitcher in a different fashion than a position player. So, you know, I, I suppose it's possible that was the case. Because you can make a good baseball argument for him, for for a kid extending himself and, and, and for learning some of these things that you're going to need to learn at the big league level, including the games in which you get your brains beat in. I mean, that's all part of it. But I just don't think that was it. I really don't. I don't yeah. think. I don't think it was a baseball decision. But I feel for the young man because he's worked really hard to get here, and he is so talented. I feel for White Sox fans that they're not going to get to watch him now in September or all of next year. It's tough for the organization because they're losing a really crucial year of development. If you're really thinking that that 2020 is the year. 
Well, in 2020, Michael Kopech isn't really going to be the Michael Kopech that you've seen up until now. Exactly. It's It takes a little bit. I do believe he could absolutely be as good as he ever was and could absolutely be as good as he was supposed to be. But that first year back, it's usually – I don't want to say that. There's plenty of examples on both sides. But it could easily be a difficult year for him in many ways. So – that's the tough part about it. But I got to admit, the first thing I thought of, Joe, was seven is more than six, and now seven is five. That was probably the second thing I thought of. And even though this didn't have anything to do with it, the first thing I thought of was them bringing him back out after a rain delay. That decision. It was a, it was a short, I mean, that was a relatively short delay, right? What was it, 20 minutes? I thought it was longer than that. Half hour? It was, but then. I mean, they were. Really, what was the time between pitches? They, May have been f- closer to forty-five. Was it really? In I believe there I were two it, delays, and they were both around thirty minutes. I didn't think it was that long. They they um, um I could they totaled wrong. just over an hour. One, one was twenty-eight, and one was like thirty-three or something like that. Now you want to break Eli? Two minutes ago, you told me not to. Now you want to? Why? Why? Talk to me. We took it 30 minutes, so we got to split this one up a little bit. But you just told you us just... the opposite during the break. <laughs> He's talking to himself. Yeah, we don't know what you're saying. He's making these gestures. What? Do, don't Do you make know what, that, what does that don't look make, like? Don't make that gesture again. <laughs> that's, that's obscene. I, I, I get human resources doing. on the phone. Uh, that's, that's wrong. Wow. That is just plain wow. wrong. That All is right. when you're alone. I don't – what is going All right. on? When we come back, uh, we'll play a cut from Rick Hahn on when he thinks this injury might have happened. Michael Kopech honestly doesn't know. He thinks he's – I mean, he said he's been sore for a long time, and the truth is pitchers pitch with pain for a long time, sometimes for 20 years, and they just mm-hmm. manage their way through it. Sometimes it's impossible. Are, so, you, are you hurt are you, or, or sore? He are said you injured he, or sore? He That's said he the, didn't think it was pain. He thought yeah. it was sore. We'll play those for you, and we'll get back to the Cubs as well when we return on Hit and Run on the Score. The other kid can't make the stamp with those 110 miles an hour. I mean, Coppich, whatever his name is, <laughs> can't make the team. Welcome to Play It, a new podcast network featuring radio and TV personalities talking business, sports, tech, entertainment, and more. Play it at play.it. Welcome back in on a very strange Hit and Run Although to call it strange, Joe Ostrowski would suggest that it's... Uh, the others are normal? Yeah. yeah. Okay, so a poor choice of words. Hi, I'm Barry Rosner. We are with you until noon. Coming up at 10, Maury Brown on the Business of Baseball on the Cubs Network. Bruce Levine at 11, 11.25, Bob Brenly. Your calls, uh, to those of you on hold, we will get to you shortly. The... Uh, the Cubs and their series with the Brewers and this series with the Nats and now another one with the Brewers that a few days ago didn't look like it was going to be that big a deal. Could conceivably be yeah. very big, depending on what happens today. But back to Michael Kopech, uh, Rick Hahn uh, was talking about when he thought this injury might have occurred. Based on what we were seeing in his last start, it seems like something that may have occurred in between his last two starts, or finally happened between his last two starts, mm-hmm. or on perhaps on the mound against Detroit. Uh, but there was no pop, so to speak, or you know, you know, mechanism of injury that was immediate and obvious, or a timeline with that. Yeah, there was nothing 
in his delivery, nothing in his velocity, nothing in his breaking stuff that would suggest it was so painful that he was ineffective in the previous start in terms of the in terms of action not necessarily you know the the execution of it or whether it was effective but in terms of how sharp the braking stuff was mm-hmm. and in terms of how good his velocity was there was nothing in his previous start to indicate that okay so and let, let me he, be let me be he, clear what we were talking about during the last segment we were talking about what I first thought of, and oh, yeah. I was thinking about that delay. You weren't blaming it on that. No, no, no. And what you were saying is how bad the bullpen looked, and so I do believe what Rick Hahn was saying right well, there on I, Friday. Yeah, on the mound before the game, he looked completely uncomfortable, out of sorts, fidgety. Maybe he just couldn't get loose. Maybe it was really – my guess is it really hurt. My guess, You know, and it's probably something he's felt before. Look, I, I – I can I can give you the names of ten guys who pitched fifteen to twenty years in the big leagues with pain every single day, whether it was elbow or shoulder, and they just figured out how to manage their way through it. Some of them didn't. Some of them just finally couldn't, and eventually got the MRI. And if you do that, it's going to show an awful lot. Um, I, uh, what he felt before the game was probably something he had felt before, but maybe it was just worse. And he even said. When he was talking to everybody on Friday, he said, I just, I didn't think it was anything out of the ordinary. It's always been sore. And I, you know, I didn't think it was pain. Now I know it was pain and yeah, it's a big problem. But, but it wasn't like, you know, like Kerry Wood had so much pain in 1998 that he missed a lot of August and September. They brought him back to pitch the one game against the Braves, but would not let him throw a breaking ball. And then he goes out in spring training and in his first start, he lets loose and the elbow explodes, and that was it. See you in a year. See you in thirteen months. And so the big story here is the dream scenario for the White Sox. No matter how excited people were for what they could have been this year, some hoping for a five hundred record, and that was very lofty expectations. So, so now you take out next year too. While you're trying to develop the rest of your core that you're developing, you take out next year. And you said, now 2020, he's not going to be the Kopech that you hope. So now it's pushed back another year. You, you've had Zach Birdie, Alec Hansen, Jake Berger, Adolfo, also a Tommy John. Uh, just nagging stuff with Luis Robert that he was dealing with all season. Dane Dunning had the elbow. After the Kopech call-up, and the way he was looking in limited time, because it rained every time he pitched, the way he was looking, it gave you hope, so much hope. And maybe that's what the Sox were looking to do. It felt like, okay, they've dealt with all these injuries, but it was still it's getting back on track. Now this. And everything around this. that, everything around the team at the major league level yeah. felt different. Everything felt different. Maybe that's what they were looking for. Everything felt different. I mean, and guys were pitching different, and guys were playing different, and guys were running different, and guys were hustling different, and guys were engaged. And we talked to Lucas winning a lot of games. We talked to yeah, they they had played well over the last month, and Lucas Giolito said it last week when we talked to him. It 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 feels different. It feels good. It you know it's hard to come to the ballpark when you know you're going to lose every single day. So. You know, it it's it's a shame in that respect. 
But y- your point on the injuries is is an important one. It's been a brutal year. I mean, it's just been a brutal year. Do you dismiss it as just an unbelievable run of bad luck? I, I don't have any reason to think it's something other than that. I mean, these are all different injuries, and a lot of them flukes. Right. So, yeah. I mean, uh, it, Jake Berger's walking around in his backyard. What? what you're yeah. going to put that on Sox training at some level? No, I, you can't. It's not like. It's not like every single player had a groin injury or a hamstring injury and people aren't training properly or their nutrition is off or something like that. They're Tommy Johns, their elbows, their forearms. Blown out Achilles. But, and there are small ones that just keep piling up on Luis yeah. Robert. Been a rough, it's been a, been a rough year from that respect. But the future of, the, of their rotation still looks very, very bright. It's just... You're going to have to wait. Okay, but have to wait. one of the other first things, we're talking about first things we thought of, and we'll have to, to expand on this because this is a much larger conversation. Okay. It's about, and I, I know the, you can't escape the comps to the Cubs, but it's sitting right in your face. Should you do a rebuild based around position players instead? Is that the better route to go? All right, let's and just chase pitching uh, with many different ways. We'll get back into that. We'll get back to the Cubs as well. We will discuss the Cubs and their upcoming TV network with Maury Brown of Forbes. We'll do that next on Hit and Run on the Score. Welcome to Play It, a new podcast network featuring radio and TV personalities talking business, sports, tech, entertainment, and more. Play it at play.it. T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary.